run at it shouting. Do as he says, run at it shouting. Hey, just gonna wait for us all to come back. Hey, Charlie. Hey, do you mind if I just do a quick disclaimer for everyone about the recording? Go ahead. Um, basically, I'm going to record this bit so I can add it to my website. If you don't already know, I've got a bunch of free podcasts up there that are completely accessible. We've had, you know, people like Mike Lee, Leslie Manville, Amara Santi, Bruce Robinson, Douglas Hodge, um, and some of the top casting directors in the UK. So um, that's all there to go and listen to. My aim is to um, put Caitlin on that long list of experts and um no pressure jesus <laughs> <laughs> well what what you yeah, know no pressure exactly Imposter um it, it, showing charlie for me right now but carry on yeah don't say don't say um oh no i can't is is uh ryan ryan's still here is i don't want to swear actually <laughs> he is he's gone to bed does he oh okay please don't say fuck or bollocks and uh, yeah, I mean, look, if you if you accidentally slag off your agent or something, just drop me a message and I'll take it out. You know, <laughs> we're quite relaxed. Um, but anyway, enjoy. Thanks, Caitlin. No, oh, you're welcome. Um, so uh, maybe the best way to do this is to raise your hand. Either there's a Zoom version of raising your hand. Otherwise, you can literally raise your hand. Monica has demonstrated by raising her hand. So Monica, um, if you want to hit me with your first question. Can actors do to make your job easier? My job easier. Make sure that everything is up to date. So make sure that your headshot is representative of you. Headshots are expensive. Don't feel like you have to change them every year. Normally we don't change that much in a year unless it's been a really tough year. Um, make sure that um, everything on there is um, representative of you as you want to be seen. So if you've got a showreel and you've put it up for the sake of having a showreel, um, consider recording yourself something that maybe better represents you if you feel that it's not serving you. Um, we normally have access to a, a wealth of colleagues and peers, somebody with a camera, we can write something sometimes for ourselves while we're waiting on footage, but have all the materials up there. Update with any skills that you have. Do not put an accent that you can't do. Um, and, and be really hard on yourself in that respect, because there are plenty of us that think we can do a Geordie accent and we can't, can't do it. Um, I never put a Birmingham accent on my CV because I couldn't do it um, when I was acting. And, uh, and then when I did get a tape through to tape in a Birmingham accent and I tried and it was horrendous, at least I knew it hadn't been because I'd misrepresented myself. Um, that is also because we, advertise our office advertises everything on spotlight um and we go out to all agents we don't have like a select shortlist or anything like that um we want to meet new people but um sometimes we will search backwards we'll go right well i need an ultimate frisbee champion and we'll go and we'll look and we'll find the people who have the experience for what we're after so if your cv is up to date that's helping us massively um it's also a case like i said if you've changed your hair or anything like that that's going to be helpful for a lot of things, including commercial castings, which are your bread and butter work sometimes. Um, uh, and sometimes it's more important for those because your aesthetic is so important. Um, and make sure that you're happy with what's up there. Because if you're not, um, 
and it doesn't serve you, then it's if you are called in and you look different or you were sold a different way, you're setting yourself up to fail. So, um, yeah, the bird that one of the best things you can do is keeping yourself, uh, keeping everything that you're presenting up to date um, is hugely helpful. If you're doing something that you feel is relevant to something that we cast, you're more than welcome to email us. But don't ex always expect a reply. One of the best um, pieces of advice I can give for emailing somebody, um, a casting director, for instance, you're never going to know what we're doing because half the time we're not allowed to tell you what we're doing. So don't try and second guess that. But if you can ride a horse, if you have recently done an archery course, if you recently, um, you're about to be in a play where you're going to be American or you're going to be French, you're going to be this, you can tell us, you can say, hey, this is what I'm about. Sell yourself in the best possible way. And that email is very likely to be looked at and kept for when the role is right. Um, so that's how you can help us. The other thing you can do is um, spend some time on some self-love and conquering of nerves. Because if I call you in for an audition or a Zoom audition, for instance, I want you to know that we are always on your side. I don't want you to always believe that, that casting director or a casting associate or a casting assistant is always on your side because at the end of the day if you don't do well I have less to show somebody and it looks like I'm not doing my job right so I want you to be able to be your own champion in that moment because in an ideal world I'd bring you in we'd sit down we'd have a cup of tea it'd tell me what's going on I'd tell you what's going on we'd be able to talk at length about the character you'd get comfy and then we'd do the scene but we don't have the time to do it um and sometimes I see, we know that real life gets in the way. And we also know we can tell the difference between nerves and not being a good actor. However, we can't help you sometimes with the nerves that all comes from you. I am not allowed, especially in COVID times, to give you a massive hug and say it's going to be okay. So you need to channel that fight or flight into fight. You need to channel that adrenaline. And there's loads of different techniques you can use. I mean, there's a wonderful TED talk on power poses, which um, always helped me back in the day with auditioning, just to take a second somewhere else to stand like Superman. It sounds stupid, but it works because you're channeling all of that adrenaline. Um, and one of the best ways that you can help us is to enjoy yourself um, and to listen. Because if you're receptive to everything that we're giving you, we're there to help you. There's a reason director is in the name casting director. Um, a lot of the performances you see on the screen, especially for smaller roles, small, there is no small role, only small actors. Um, smaller roles, those performances, they were got by a casting director in the room. Because if you're walking onto the set of some famous director's film or TV series, they sometimes don't have the time to sit with you and go, right, this is how we're going to do the scene. You may be thrown straight from um, being picked up in the morning uh, to a rehearsal to bam, you're in your scene. And you may not get the chance to, to think about how, other, how else it was done. And I, I speak from experience from my first TV role. I realized suddenly that what they wanted was what I did in my audition. Um, and so trust is huge. So trust us listen to us um, and be willing to play. Cool, thank you, thank you You're very welcome. much. Thank you. Henrietta, go ahead. Yes, thank you. I have two questions. Tonight you have been talking about, I don't know if it's a website or an app where you can record your voice and then do yeah. something. So it's called, 
it's called line learner um so line learner um I, I know a lot of actors who do already know it and have used it. Um, it helps to learn your lines, but it's, it can also be a good tool in self-tapes in a, when you've suddenly got a self-tape due the next day and um, that's the day that your partner is playing D&Ds who can't help you. Um, just, yeah, it can be a helpful, a very helpful tool to help learn your lines, especially long, long scenes. Um, and it can also, as I said, you can mute one part and have only the speaker's part playing, but because you recorded the other part, um, the appropriate amount of space is left so that you're not um, playing with spaces and uh, gaps and then filling them in and it feels inorganic or clunky because you're reacting off of something that you already paced out yourself. So it can be very helpful. Great, thank you. And then uh, another question I was, I'm very curious about. Um, when, when you get a self-tape, how often would you say it's the good read that will bring it to the director or the perfect look for the character? Oh. Um, in an ideal world, you've done both. Um, and we've taken the, the so, so assume if you're being called in for the role that look wise, you are right. Because the way that um, submissions come through to us is that we see your headshot first and then we click into your CV and then we decide if we're gonna call you in. Um, so when it comes to look, it's a case that if you're being called in for that audition, you probably have the look already um, for whatever they're after. If it's something that is open and they're going to do with hair and makeup anyway, then it doesn't matter. Your performance is always more important. And the reason it's always more important is because everything is an opportunity. Um, and I can't tell you how many times when I was an actress, I walked into a role I knew I wasn't right for. Um, I'm half Indian, so, um, but like super white, uh, thanks mum. Um, and I would be surrounded by Princess Jasmines in the audition room waiting for Indian roles, thinking, well, I mean, this isn't going to work out for me. Um, but then if I did a good meet and a good performance, I was brought in for the roles that I was right for. You've got to see it that way. Your performance is always the most important thing, because with tapes, we're if we've never taped you before, we might be taking a chance or throwing or wanting to see what you can do. And if you impress us, you might not be that role and you may not have been the look for whatever reason, but your performance will be enough that we will call you back in. And that is um, more important. Great, I'm glad to hear. Thank you. Welcome. Um, nobody has any questions? Nothing? I'll answer anything. David, go ahead. I've got, oh. Oh, God. Then Marion. David, then Marion. <laughs> okay, thank you. Um, I've asked this before many people, but I'll ask it again, because it seems, what's your view on this, this sort of idea of branding? And, um, you know, your show, we're representing a particular casting type. Um, uh, is that really, you know, how important is that to you when you're... When you're Charlie talking? said I couldn't say fuck or bollocks, but I think it's bollocks. Um, and the reason is... <laughs> so, okay, so you might have a casting type that you've fallen into as far as age or look. Um, let's say you're, you're starting to play characters within a certain age bracket or a certain ethnicity or whatever. Um, but 
trying to brand yourself as the girl next door or the lead actor and all of this can backfire um, because somebody somewhere has said you're only ever going to play comedy for the number of wonderful dexterous brilliant actors that have probably been told that back in the day and then go on to do to prove that they can do something else if you feel that you have the versatility to play the funny girl and the the leading actress or the or the villainous guy and the drug addict guy don't if you brand yourself and pigeon your whole yourself um it's kind of cutting off your feet before you've got a chance to walk in my opinion so i would say if there's a strength or a type of character that you like to play by all means do it by all means fill your brand yourself in that way but i don't personally i think it's I think it's sometimes a more American way of, of casting is that somebody might be, be seen as a certain type and have to brand themselves that way. Whereas here in the UK, I don't think that's the way we see it, especially, especially and hopefully as things start to change the stereotypes and the aesthetics that they've asked for in the past. Things are hopefully, uh, people, are getting, people are getting more creative and more realistic in the way that they represent the world. So they're not, now I'm hoping that beauty aesthetics are changing. We're wanting interesting faces as much as we're wanting beautiful faces. We're wanting somebody who, that I was saying to this about somebody else, we were, we were trying to cast a role that has to be sexy. And we got given all these people and somebody said, is that person sexy? I was like, well, yeah, because there's different types of sexy. There's the the sort of malnourished cool where you kind of want to feed them, but also have sex with them. There's there's all of these different types of things that, that happen um, and what audiences want. And we don't know until you give it to us. So I feel like pigeonholing yourself and branding yourself, it can backfire. That said, there's no reason that if you want to sell yourself for comedy or drama, selling yourself for a theme um, might be, uh, or a genre might be better. If you feel like you want to play those gritty parts, if you feel like you want to play, you, you're, you're, you as an actor are much more real in your performance if you feel like you're more heightened or more comedic. That's a better way to go than, than, than specific branded versions of roles because those are defined by the people writing at the moment from what I'm seeing and hopefully long may it continue, it's getting more interesting than that. Thank you, that was great. That's Thank it. you. Marion, go ahead. By the way, that was a great question and great feedback, something that I definitely needed to hear. So thank you for asking that, David. Okay. Um, my question is, and I hope I put this in the right way. Um, how, if you're not getting a lot of auditions. Mm -hmm. Is it primarily because of your headshot, or is it because of the way you're being put forward, or is it because of your show rule? Like, what affects getting auditions? Really? Um, so there were three questions in there. Yes, yes, and yes. It's or it could be any of those things. Um, it's not. It could be any of those things and more as to why it didn't happen this time. But let me put it break. Let me break down the numbers for you. Maybe that'll make it. I'm going to be as realistic and honest about this as I can. So, a role is put out on spotlight. That role will be on spotlight for however many days. Within the first hour, I may have a thousand submissions. I will go through 
all 1,000 of those admissions and narrow it down to the initial 10, 15, 20 people I will take. So the, uh, and that will be based on initially, I will see your headshot come up. And if your headshot feels right for the character, and I'm gonna tell you to put a pin in what I've just said, right for the character, then I will then go into your CV. I'll see what you're about. If there's anything to watch, I'll watch it. Otherwise I'll have maybe have a look at your credits. I'll try and see something that lends me um, the confidence to go, do you know what? I'd really like to see her try this. Um, and then from there, I will call somebody in. Now, if you are, let's say, based in more theater um, previously with your experience, or you've yet to get your first screen credit or things like this, then um, a casting director who does predominantly screen will feel like they're taking a chance. That's just the way that they will feel. That said, we want to explore people who've come from the theater because that's where most people come from. Um, that's the reason we go to the theater. So with regards to that, it's a case of, that's when I turn to people and say, if you have no show real footage, create something, record something, even if it's just a very simple, as simple as, as something you've written for yourself and we're only hearing one side of a phone conversation, it can be, but what it needs to be is to see you existing on screen, what you're about, the, a flavor of you, so that when I go to your CV and I go, they've only done theater, oh, there's a clip. Okay, no, I think that you could be natural enough for screen and it's bridging that gap because if all you've got is like this, let's say you've got a clip and it's it's from a corporate thing or it's from a um, uh, something where you had to be super loud and bombastic and that's the first thing. It may grab attention, but for the wrong reasons it, because somebody's there and they, they're trying to cast this role and they go, whoop, nope, too big, too big for screen. And that can cut off um, your chances of being seen for screen auditions. And that's me being brutally honest on that. Um, However, I'm going to go back to what I said about being right for the character. We all want to believe that we're right for all of these characters that come up that we see on Spotlight and everything else. We're not. <laughs> um, and casting directors have very, very long memories. There may be a casting director that's called you in and then never called you in again. It doesn't mean it's because they didn't like you. It's because the role isn't there yet. Um, and the role will be. And you'll know it when you book it or when the audition comes through because it will feel like the right thing you may have an agent who isn't putting you forward the way that you want to be put forward, who doesn't understand you as an actor, who isn't building and working for you, that can happen. Um, my advice with agents is to, to make sure that you trust them and can have the honest chats and can make sure that they are working for you in a way that feels like a business relationship and that you're not afraid of your agent. You should never be afraid to call your agent. Your agent is somebody that you should be able to have the difficult chats with because what comes um, and I've been there on set when I was asked to do a nude scene for something and I had an agent that I trusted, but I've also been in situations where I didn't have an agent that I trusted to fight, fight my case on something. And you want somebody that you can have these conversations with that's going to be true to you and um, build you as an actor. So if you feel that that's not happening, that's something you've got to assess. Um, and then of course there are opportunities that you make for yourself, which lots of people do, um, be it filming yourself, making something for yourself, if work isn't coming in. There's the, um, so you asked me about if an agent, if it's about agent, if it's about headshots, right? Headshots, um, very rarely do people have bad headshots. Um, there are some which can be, I mean, if they're, 
if you've gone to a professional headshot photographer and got headshots that you think represent you, then normally you've, you've got the right ones. I would say if something's like super, super highly polished and then we look at footage of you and, and you, that's not what you look like because it's been retouched and all of this, then change your headshots, make them, make them represent you. Um, you don't have to be a gorgeous creature all the time. Um, headshots can be deceptive in that that nature. Um, so, so long as your headshots are representative of you, they should get you auditions that you were right for. Um, I've said it before when we were doing our feedback, imagine everybody is unimaginative. So help them out where you can. Um, it's gonna help you a lot. And then, and then after all of that, the auditions might still not come in. And if that's the case, really, really be kind to yourself because you have no idea how, how um, I think what people don't understand about being an actor is how demoralizing it is to, to not get any auditions for a year, two years, three years, um, and then um, to get an audition, then get no feedback and all of this stuff. I don't, I think unless you've been an actor, you don't understand what it is to throw yourself at something and to get nothing back. But that is the nature of this industry. That is not your fault. That is not something that you can control. And there are some things that you have to just give up um, and let control, let go of and understand. I mean, we've got enough anxiety as human beings anyway, but beating yourself up for not getting auditions when really that's not your job, somebody else's job, if you've got an agent, it's their job. And then on top of that, you then, if you get yourself into a headspace where it's like, why is it me, is it me? It means that when the tape does come in finally, you're not in the right headspace to do it. Nobody hires desperate. It's just a fact, you don't date desperate, you don't hire desperate. And it comes across when somebody is suddenly, and, and sometimes it means that you'll knee jerk to do a tape um, in a certain, somebody might just be like, oh, oh God, I'm so excited to do a tape and they'll do it. Um, and it'll be wrong. They wouldn't have taken the time to think about it and enjoy it and enjoy the process. So you've got to cut yourself some slack. Actors are the bravest person in any room. And if anybody tries to tell you different, um, actors were the only people who were prepared for an entire year where their industry <laughs> meant that they got nothing because you already knew how um, to have an extra job going. You already knew how to get up and face um, potential um, financial difficulty. You already knew um, what it felt like to throw something out um, and get nothing back. And the industry fell to its knees and is just building itself back up. So while it looks like lots of things are happening, they are but they are taking their time. And so don't beat yourself up about something like this because um, there are so many transferable skills as an actor. And if at any point it's not serving you acting, um, it's okay to walk away and to come back. Acting will always be there. You will never stop being an actor just because you're not currently acting. I mean, this is one of the myths about it. Um, it's one of the things that we really beat ourselves up about is that if we're not auditioning, we're not getting this and we're not really an actor. That's not true. You are always an actor if that's what you chose to be. It is very, and you are the person who can get up and as I said before, looks in the mirror and goes, I'm doing this because I want to do this. And if that's the case and you keep um, making sure that, that what you're packaging is what you want to show the world. And if not, and if the opportunities aren't coming, you start to create because you can. And if you're allowing yourself a happy mental headspace to do that, then you will enjoy the process because you don't wanna go away, look back in 20 years and go, I wasn't happy. So if the auditions aren't coming, um, learn how to be okay with it. 
and think about what you can do for you, learn that some of it is completely out of your control and learn that when the worry roll comes along, you'll be ready for it, okay? Thank you. Thanks, Marion. Um, who's raised their hand? The chat's gone funny. Okay, Christopher, go ahead. Cool, cool, cool. First of all, I love your passion. That was a great speech, brilliant. Um, second of all, I've got a really nerdy question now, but yeah. it's only because of what you said earlier, you said that when you get a tape in, it's gotta be compressed, then it's gotta be compressed again. Mm. Um, so what kind of size file are we looking at sending in so that you can do that process without it being too big and mucking everything up? Sure, sure, sure. So we actually have, when, when I send a self-tape out, I actually tell people exactly the size I want because I have a limit for how much I can upload in a, in a clip. So if you're doing single clips, um, let's say you did three scenes and you're doing them as single clips, they, they would have to be no more than... Um, 500 is pushing it. So I would tend to say 300 megabytes per clip, which is quite a lot depending on how big a scene it is. If, if it ends up being bigger or if it's something that's cut together and it ends up being bigger, it's fine. I can make it smaller on my end. Um, I would rather you send me like a good quality version that I can compress my end if needs be. But oftentimes now we'll tell you what can be uploaded. And it makes it easier for us because we will then take your um, tape and there are several different casting platforms that we, um, because they're confidential um, and secure, that's often how we'll send people to a director, we'll create, um, we'll put, put the actors there, put their tapes on and send a, a private link that's going to expire that you can only see if you've got the link and things like that. Um, so. Uh, so on my self-tapes um, requests, I will tell you exactly what size it needs to be. I, off the top of my head, can't remember what it is, but I do know that the, the site that I use the most and that we use the most in the office, um, each clip can be no more than 500 megabytes. Cool. Thank you. Thanks, Christopher. Um, Monica, go ahead. Um, so I wanted to ask you, how do you go about finding international actors for non-leading roles? So we would um, we would go to uh, Etalenta. So we have lot. There's there's lots of different things. So there's Etalenta. There is also which is the European database. Um, so we go to that. We go to um, uh, uh, so when we're doing international searches, basically everybody's got the version of Spotlight. So the Spotlight is here in the UK. Then there's something called Breakdown Express, which is in America and Canada. We also do um, Atalanta, as I said, which is Europe, mainly European actors. Then we also do, um, if we're going to Australia, we will go on something called Showcast. So everybody's got their own kind of like professional places that we would put it. Um, we would also um, consider doing, um, so we would contact our European counterparts in other things. So if we've got casting directors that we have a good relationship with who they wouldn't know, we would also go to international agents. So we would go outside of the UK and that would be um, over the years, we have been creating our own sort of database of international agents um, in across um, everywhere. So from, from Canada to Germany, to the Czech Republic, I've got Russian agents, I've got, you name it, I got it, India, I did India recently. Um, we will also do um, open castings sometimes. With open castings, 
it's a case that we will do that, especially if there's something very specific that we're after. Um, and a lot of casting directors I know now do go to open castings as well. But yeah, there are some, some if you are European, Etalenta is one that I know a lot of casting directors do use. So um, uh, yeah, I would say that that's one that we would definitely go to. What about cast upload? Cast upload we don't use. Okay. But if you want to email me about it, I can then make sure that we do, because okay. um, it's always good to have as many resources as possible. So if there's something I don't know, tell me, because I okay. want to know. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. Uh, anyone else? Now, that was a great Q&A. Um, thanks for being so generous, Caitlin, with your... Oh, it's okay. I feel like I only answered like a few questions, because, again, I talk too much. So that's going to make a lovely little podcast. Thank you so much. Run at it, shouting! Do as he says, run at it, shouting. Ah.